Hello, hello everybody. Welcome to Discern Daily, a segment for seeking truth. My name is Pate. Let's get right to it. So, man, this is already the second episode. I'm excited for what Discern Daily is going to be like. Um, I've got a lot of thoughts as I've um, sort of kind of launched this segment of my website recently. Um, I didn't think I would get two episodes in the first month, but it's pretty cool. When I started doing videos, I wasn't sure how frequent or anything like that, but I hope that you enjoyed the first episode. <coughs> Should have got a drink. I'm really thirsty. Um, hope you enjoyed the first episode. Um, this second one is going to be um, hopefully not longer, but it's definitely going to be more controversial. Um, I've titled the uh, episode um, Saved by Faith Alone or Not because I recently came across this article that I'd like to kind of unpack um, or at least start to digest a little bit um, with you and hope to uh, have your input on this. Um, but the article I want to talk about today is actually found on Desiring God. Um, it's a shoot. Now I can't even remember the title of it. It's like How to Train Your Dragons or something like that by Greg Morse. Um, I want I want you to go read the article, and I've read it a few times, and there's a couple things in it that I did not like. Um, I love Desiring God, just as a disclaimer. I love Desiring God. I love John Piper. I'm not familiar with who Greg is, but I assume he's pretty legit if he's writing on Desiring God. So the, the point of this is not to say, oh, Satan has got a hold of Desiring God, and we need to just completely just trash them. No, that's never a good idea, ever. But I, do, I did want to bring up this article because I believe that there is some error in the article. Um, I think that the article itself is neat. I mean, Desiring God has clickbait down to a science. Plus, they have pretty, they have good theology as, as, as a whole, as a context. But there are a few things in here that... I wanted to, you know, kind of walk through with you and get your opinion on this because it was really unsettling when I found it. But let me read for you just a chunk of the article that Greg wrote. He says this. Well, before I read it, um, I'll give you kind of the, the overview of it because I like the idea of the article a lot. Basically, the idea is that, you know, when it comes to sin, we shouldn't repent in stages. Like, we should flee sin, period. Um, those who kind of set up this, um, I guess, step-by-step -step process of like, okay, I really struggle with this addiction, so I'm going to just like sin a little bit less today than I did yesterday and therefore I'm making progress and like God should be happy with that and I love how Greg is like no like we don't do that if you have a sin in your life like you need to throw it in the garbage can 
Like, it's got to go. Like, for instance, if you struggle with, you know, sexual sin, you and if you struggle with it a few times a day, like, the goal isn't for you to struggle just, like, once a day, and then, like, once a week, and then, like, once a month. Like, you need to stop. Struggle. You need to, like, repent today entirely. That's how we should handle sin, and I love that about the article. But there are a few things in it that are really troubling um, that I wanted to bring up because if you don't have a great biblical understanding of the gospel, there's a few things in here that could actually kind of like steer you away from the actual gospel. Um, But Greg wrote this. He says this. He says, If you have a pet sin... You must renounce it at once. Your salvation depends on it. Only those who have a string of sin's carcasses behind them will enter into heaven. Only those who work out their own salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that God is working in them, to will and to work for his good pleasure will be saved. Now here's where, here's where I cringe. But what about being saved by faith alone? You're not. You're justified through faith alone. Final salvation comes through justification and sanctification, both initiated and sustained by God's grace. Now, if you just kind of like fly through that, it's kind of like, yeah, that's right. We do need to like actually repent. We need to have sanctification and some Christ-likeness in our life before we are saved. But I was like really shocked I was to see that he says, but what about being saved by faith alone? You're not. And I'm like, no, you are saved by faith alone. And a few verses came to mind. Romans 5.1, for example, says, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, since we've been justified by peace, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Or Ephesians 2, 8, super common. Like, if we just, I mean, there's so many thoughts around this, but I absolutely disagree with what Greg is saying about not we, we're not saved by faith alone because we are. Now, what I think he's trying to, to get at is actual biblical faith will produce repentance. Like you will kill your pet sins um, if you have true faith because true faith will produce, it will, it will, be, it will contain justification and will be followed by sanctification. And if you don't have that, then you don't have faith. I think that's like what he's saying, because I know that that's what Desiring God usually says. But it's really troubling for me to read, but what about being saved by faith alone? You're not, because we are. Um, I mean, that flies in the face of like the golden chain of redemption in Romans 8 it's like 29 or 30 somewhere in there where it says something like, you know, God has predestined us and those whom he's called, he also justified and those whom he justified, he also glorifies. I mean, if you have justification, which comes by faith alone, like you will have sanctification 
And when you see sanctification, that's great encouragement, which I wrote an article about helping people see their sanctification. That's such an encouragement because if you can see sanctification, you can know that you have justification. And if you have justification, you will get glorification. You see? And I don't like at all the fact that he says your salvation depends on it. The fact that you must kill your pet sins. Now, all day long, I, I understand that we must repent or else we will perish. But our salvation is not dependent upon you killing your pet sins. Yes, kill your pet sins. Kill every one of them. But at the same time, your salvation isn't dependent upon your progress, like your, your killing of pet sins. It depends upon Jesus. It doesn't depend upon your works in righteousness. It depends upon the person and work of Jesus Christ. Like, if you have faith in Him, you will be saved. Period. It's not you need to believe on Christ and perfectly kill your pet sins, or at least try to kill your pet sins, because anything with faith plus whatever is garbage to me. I was uh, flipping around. I'm not going to talk for too much longer. I would love to hear your thoughts on all this after you read the article. Um, I was browsing through Calvin's Institutes, and I found a section there right after I read it, and I was like, hmm, I agree with Calvin on this. Um, <clears throat> let me just read this little excerpt, and I'll put a... It's from... It's from, uh, in the Institutes, I have the, I have the Kindle version, and it's under chapter 3 of book 3. And I'm, it's kind of lengthy, but I'm, I'm going to read it because it's that good. And if you don't like it, then you can do something else. So Calvin writes, Now, since Christ confers upon us, and we obtain by faith both free reconciliation and newness of life, Reason and order require that I should here begin to treat of both. The shortest transition, however, will be from faith to repentance. For repentance being properly understood, it will better appear how a man is justified freely by faith alone. And yet that holiness of life, real holiness as it is called, is inseparable from the free imputation of righteousness. That repentance not only, not only always follows faith, but is produced by it, ought to be without controversy. For since pardon and forgiveness are offered by the preaching of the gospel, in order that the sinner delivered from the tyranny of Satan, the yoke of sin, and the miserable bondage of iniquity, may pass into the kingdom of God, it is certain that no man can embrace the gospel or embrace the grace of the gospel without retaking himself from the errors of his former life into the right path and making it his whole study to practice repentance. I mean, this, this is good stuff. We, we love repentance. I wrote a whole blog series on repentance. But here's where, here's where the, the great point is. He says, those who think that repentance precedes faith instead of flowing from or being produced by it as the fruit by the tree 
have never understood its nature and are moved to adopt that view on very insufficient grounds. So what Calvin is saying is that repentance doesn't come before faith. Repentance is produced by faith as a fruit. And I think that Greg wouldn't disagree with this, but what Greg is actually communicating to me is the fact that your salvation is dependent upon you repenting, which in a sense, you can make it, you can, you can tie that into faith, but you doing works of righteousness is not going to save you. It will happen as a result of your biblical saving faith, saving knowledge, but your, your salvation is not dependent upon your works of righteousness. And so, I don't know, when I read the article, I just felt, I just felt like a cringe. And I feel like I'm pretty optimistic when I read articles. I don't try to look for little details or nitpick. I mean, people who do that, I can't stand them. But when I read, what about being saved by faith alone? You're not. That's wrong. I mean, you are. And I wish instead of, instead of going at that angle, he should have just explained what biblical faith, what true faith is. Because I think that a cognitive agreement that God exists is not going to save you. I mean, even um, uh, the type of belief, would J- what James talks about, that the demons have, you know, where they acknowledge that God is one and that God exists and that Jesus is Lord, like you can understand the gospel and not be saved. Um, we need to have a biblical faith that is in or upon Christ as Savior. And once you have that faith, you are forgiven of your past and you are credited the righteousness of Christ and you are sealed with the Holy Spirit and you are promised eternal life and your life will be different because you'll be born again and you will have sanctification because you're abiding in Christ like John 15 and fruit is being produced out of your life and you're killing your pet sins because you have the Holy Spirit in you and God is causing you to walk in his statutes and, and to live to the glory of God. But I just think of the, 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 the new believer or the, the someone who's on the fence and they read something like this. And if you're not mature in your faith, if you don't have discernment, I think an article like this could be really troubling and unsettling and, and scare the daylights out of you. And, and in, a, in a way, it's going to place a little bit of an area of your faith in yourself to follow and to kill sin. Um, what do you guys think about this? Hopefully, all of my thoughts are making sense. Um, but I would like to just put on the table that you are saved by faith alone. And that faith better be a biblical faith or else it's not saving And you will kill your pet sins if you have true saving faith, but your salvation isn't dependent upon it. I see justification and sanctification and glorification all a part of a glorious promise that gets placed in us when we believe, when we have faith. Um, So this is episode two of Discern Daily. I would love to connect with you and hear your thoughts 
Um, share this episode on your social media and let's chat about it.